It's like any method or any philosophy. When you really, really grasp it, then it's like you can start to take all of the creative licensing in the world, and that's how you personalize this work. From To Be Magnetic, this is the Expanded Podcast with your host, Lacey Phillips. As the leading destination for neural manifestation, we dispel the woo-woo in order to help you create real, tangible results based on neuroplasticity, psychology, epigenetics, and energetics. Our goal is to normalize the practice of manifestation and empower you to get into the driver's seat of your life in order to manifest the experiences, relationships, and things that most align with your authenticity. Part of our manifestation process entails expanding past your limiting subconscious beliefs. Therefore, by tuning into this podcast with interviews from experts, thought leaders, spiritual teachers, scientists, and those with neural manifestation success stories, you're starting the process of expanding your subconscious in order to see to believe that anything you desire is possible. And by pressing play, the process begins. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Expanded. Jessica here. We have another explained episode for you today. I know you guys are going to love. We get so many questions on personalizing the work, reading your energetics, and really understanding this work to another level. And in the last episode of Explained, we covered how to get manifestation results. But this episode kind of dives in deeper of the importance of really doubling down and mastering your craft of manifestation and understanding this formula before you start personalizing it. And then we dive into some tips of manifesting 2.0, how to personalize it, read your patterns, understanding energetics, and all of the flow that comes with that. We have some incredible tips from TBM coaches Salwa and Atar. So I know you guys are going to love this one as much as you loved The Last Explained as well. Enjoy. And I wanted to share with you a little manifestation story. So I'd written on my mini manifestation list. I wanted a gold ring and I wasn't sure what kind of size or style I wanted it, but something classic that I could wear every single day to really just jazz up my outfit and make it feel a little more elevated. And it was such perfect timing that the TBM gift this year when everyone hit their anniversary was a custom signet ring by Vanessa Leanne Jewelry. So Vanessa's jewelry is incredible. She calls it her delicate armor because it really is pieces that are so personal and also empowering to you. She does custom gold and silver signet rings, which is her most popular item and the item that we wound up getting as the TBM gift all by hand in her Brooklyn studio. She's been a longtime friend of TBM and the Expanded Podcast, and it was such a perfect pairing. And so on this ring, I got the gold one. You can get them in gold or silver, and you can inscribe your mantra on top of it. So instead of getting some sort of like worded mantra, I wound up getting a triangle, and it was so impactful to me. I actually was even thinking about getting a tattoo of a triangle since I've been in high school, so this was a way less permanent way to (laughs) honor my mantra. But it made perfect sense, especially that this was a TBM gift, to 
begetting the triangle because it represents so many different things. One, the manifestation process. Unblocking, expanding, passing tacit line action all need to be in play in order to manifest. And that's such a big part of my life and reminding myself that all these things need to be in motion in order to manifest was really impactful. Also, mind, body, soul, making sure to honor all of those parts of myself and nourish them in different ways and past, present, and future. So looking at our past, uncovering things, healing things, staying grounded in the present moment and joyfulness, and then also looking to the future and hope and optimism for what's to come next. So when I look down at my ring on my left hand, I get so excited thinking about all of those different meanings and symbols and get really inspired and feel kind of nourished and excited to explore all of those different dynamics. So Vanessa is actually offering a code TBM for all of our listeners for a free diamond upgrade from now until the end of November. If you just type TBM in the comment section, she'll know you came from us. You can get the custom gold or silver signet ring and then a free diamond upgrade. So it's a good way to get your holiday shopping out of the way before the end of the year. And be sure to check out Vanessa's Instagram. She's got such cool pieces and such cool stuff on there. I'm definitely mood boarding what I want to get next from her. So be sure to check that out. And just another note on that mini manifestation. That's why it's so important to just kind of like, if you get the ping for something you want, put it on there and just have trust that it'll come through in the most kismet way. Exactly like this ring. I didn't have to do a ton of unblocking or expanding. I was doing that as I was doing the other work and the mini manifestation just came in to help bolster my trust muscle and make me really excited to co-create with the universe. All right, on to the episode. So last month, we really covered how to see manifestation results, taking the work deeper. You guys are already showing us that it is a fan favorite episode, so we're glad it's so helpful. But today, we're going to take that another step further and go into personalizing the work, some tips on how to make the work your own and really take it to the next level. So I'm going to kick us off with a quote. Your problem is you are too busy holding on to your unworthiness. This is a Ram Dass quote, but I think it's really applicable here because as we think about connecting with our highest self and taking that next level and, you know, personalizing the work, the thing blocking us is that we're holding on to the bits of us that are unworthy. So let's dive in. So I think personally to me, especially after having worked with people that I saw that they were able to start personalizing the work after they understood it so well in their bones. It's like any method or any philosophy. When you really, really grasp it, then it's like you can start to take all of the creative licensing in the world. And that's what I appreciate about the coaches so much and people who work with the coaches is they each have their own style and their own take, but they can recite this process and the formula and the different tools in their sleep. They understand it so well. And that's why they have the creative licensing. So if you're someone who pops in and you're like, I just want to get right to money, or I just want to get right to love or career would be, you know, under money, I give a little word of caution where it's like, 
learn the basics. It's the same with anything. How do you go and start doing algebra when you haven't done all of the basic lessons in math to get to that point? You don't understand geometry like the back of your hand. You don't understand, you know, how the puzzle pieces really work until you really get it. So my, I would kick this off by saying, do how to manifest in that you're going to be forced to learn your authentic code, which is so huge. Go into inner child, go into shadow, whichever order you want. You can do shadow or inner child. We suggest an order, but either of them, because then you get the foundation. Understand it, get it, really learn how to spot tests versus you know, how to spot expanders that come in the form of a test. When you understand the pieces to the puzzle, then it's like, Go crazy and personalize it however you want, however works for you, move around, follow your instincts. But I would caution, get the foundation down, understand it, or else it won't work for you. And I know I've heard that from so many. It's fascinating actually recently because a lot of our episodes have really, I can tell the feedback just directly from friends have re-inspired old friends or colleagues that I know used to do this work and kind of got like ho-hum about it. And we're like, does it really work for me? I don't know, but they didn't really do it. So until they heard something that re-inspired them on the podcast, I have one particular friend who then signed up with so many sessions with Atara, got right back in, did how to manifest, inner child, shadow, and now like she's in it. So it's like, if this isn't working for you, it's because you probably have a missing piece in the formula that you're just not grasping or within that trifecta we always talk about, which is you have to be unblocking, expanding, and passing tests at the same time simultaneously or taking aligned action, same form as passing tests. If all three aren't in motion at the same time, it's probably not working for you. So that's just my little cautionary tale. I love that you said that because in the Heather and I recorded the what is the pathway video, just kind of showing people what it looks like inside, how the pathway works, all of that fun stuff. If you guys haven't checked it out yet, make sure to. But in that, Heather says, I highly, highly recommend if you're new to really complete workshops. And so this is kind of like the way that my brain organizes it because so many people are asking like, can I just make it my own or can I do this? And it's like, yes, but do you have the basics? If you have all the basics, you really understand this inside and out, go crazy, make it your own, do all these new ways to make it work for you. But if you haven't even jumped into any of the basics, really understanding the formula. And the thing is when you understand the formula, like we said in the last episode, you become your own pattern reader. You are understanding the energetics. You know what part of the triangle you're missing. And that's where the other workshops come in because you're like, oh, I know I really need even more on blocking and love. Cool. I'm going to go over to love and double down on that because I already worked my relationship issues out in inner child and shadow for this particular block, let's say. Absolutely. And I feel like before we began recording this, I was like, I feel like I'm probably just going to talk the whole time about how to become your own energy pattern reader. (laughs) Because that's the next step after you really, really understand the foundation, each of the pieces of the puzzle, then you get to start or maybe it's like this is maybe a better analogy, you understand each of the colors within the palette, then you get to go start painting your masterpiece that's going to look very different than other 
other people's paintings. And it's going to be based on the brush strokes that you followed that are your intuition. So it's going to make it look different. You're going to mix colors in ways that other people didn't think about mixing them. But until you understand this color's this, and that's how these things work, otherwise it'll just turn into a big brown black mess. Mm-hmm. So let's say someone's gone through, they really understand the energetics, they understand how to manifest, they understand the process, they've had maybe tests, they have expanders, they're unblocking, they're working through this stuff, they're going through their list. Now they're ready to kind of take it up a notch and really understand their patterning, get clarity around that. How can they start to make that process their own? What would be your top tips? I would say once you understand the foundation, then I would say personally for me, this is the case truly when I start to learn any type of new method or any type of theology or ideology that I'm going to then take tools from and put inside of my tool belt. I would say that I would go to like version 2.0. That's my thing. So in this, we have so much extra education. We have so many teachings on energetics. I'm going to put it that way. So when you're listening to supported, when you're listening to these episodes, when you're listening to tips inside of our community group that the coaches are giving, that's where you're actually learning how to truly read energetics. The foundation is just the pieces of energetics, like the pieces of the puzzle, right? It's like, this is what an expander is. This is what unblocking is. This is what your inner child is. This is what your shadow is. This is what a test is. This is what a magic dark is. Then there's so many nuances within this practice, such as reading energetics. And so I feel like everything we teach on that's extracurricular outside of how to manifest inner child and shadow, I would even go so far as to say the up-level workshops, so rut, rock bottom, and next level, those are each energetic base. They happen to be really helpful at certain points in your life, but you're literally learning how to read energetics in those. So my thing, if you've done the foundational workshops and you're now like, okay, cool, I'm in between manifestations and I know that I'm unblocking and I'm spotting, this person's my expander, now I'm needing to learn a fragment expander, even the terminology fragment expander, that's an energetic. So that would be my two cents is like now go into the extracurricular and learn all of it because that's what's going to help you learn how to become your own pattern and energy reader. So when you understand something like a fragment expander, or like we even coined last episode, a bridge expander. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like when you start to understand these little nuances, that's where you get to, again, start to create your painting. Once you understand the unblocking process, you get to understand what other things outside of this process will be supportive to you. Like me, I practiced EMDR with a therapist for many years. It was so supportive. We put out the flower remedy to help do the energetic level of work and unblocking for you. So you start to learn like how I can be supportive outside of just the unblocking process and my daily process. And then you also learn how to become a pattern and energy reader. So if you're not versed in each of the energetic teachings that are, I would say, scattered through out so many different resources we have. That's like version 2.0. Go get familiar with those terms. So then you can start to play with the energy of dancing with the universe and knowing where you're at all of the time. And like we talked about in the last episode, 
I think it's really important to keep up with your authentic code. As I said in the last episode, I was going to dig in and refine mine, you know, on the other side of this threshold of motherhood. And it's totally different than what it was before. It was shockingly different. I was going to say share yours because I just updated mine too last week. I was inspired by you updating and I also felt words like popping through a lot for me. So what did you wind up updating yours to? Yeah, so it was crazy. So many people, even while doing the Authentic Code little workshop inside of the pathway, you'll hear my old one. I believe it was luxury, legacy, spirituality, and self-care. That's what it was for years, years and years and years, because I didn't have anything else that I had to totally focus on outside of myself. And then I just have changed. My life has changed so much. And so it's actually been awesome to really re-dig into the work and have these podcast episodes simultaneously, as well as the event that we had at OSEA last week. So I actually got clear on it the day before our OSEA event, right after we recorded that last episode. And so mine came down to being the very first is family and family memories and experiences. This is really important to me now is like having these conscious, present moments and creating these experiences together that I think and hope that eventually my children will be those one those children that want to like go on vacation with us when we're older or like want to come back from college if they choose to go to college to actually do holidays with us and stuff. So it was really that heart centered family moments and memories second design above all else. So it's fashion, interior design, anything to do with design just really lights me up constantly. That's what I'm Googling a lot and looking at and really into and properties. So like design and properties, because I really still want this next farm property that I keep manifesting. The third was wealth and finances. Like I'm obsessed. Those Ramit episodes that we have on the podcast, I'm obsessed about. It's like a game to me of learning investing. It's so interesting to me. I watch the market daily. I've really got into cryptocurrency lately. Like I think it's so fun and interesting. And I really behoove anybody who's remotely interested in finances to learn about it because it becomes easy and like a game. It's literally like playing game. So it's, you know, I love Ramit's book and his method. I follow a couple of blogs and finances. It's something that Max and I really geek out on and love to talk about. Last week he texted and he was like, Bitcoin's down, cryptocurrency's down. You should invest right now, more crypto. It's the China investor. He missed the whole market. (laughs) It is, it is. And they just are outlawing. I mean, it's just so fun. And then also the very last was more than spirituality and self-care, it was more of like arriving at a frequency that was really interesting to me. And it's not in terms of like manifestation, you know, staying in the frequency. It was much more energetically the way that I could put it is like a certain type of frequency in theta waves, a certain type of frequency in say Christ consciousness and integration. So it's actually daily the practice of this frequency that feels the best to me when I'm in it. So that was really fascinating to learn. The other thing I just find like, and I'm thinking about any business owners out there or people that have companies or small companies, big companies, whatever it may be, 
The authentic code piece is so interesting when it comes to that because like even Lacey, just hearing your new authentic code pieces, that gets my mind thinking, wow, how can I as an employee best support you with your authentic code and know that you're going to be excited about certain topics? So I'm like, let's have a crypto person on. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. it's so interesting. And even I'll share my authentic code with Daniel and he'll share his with mine. And so knowing that about people around you, you can learn to help support each other and thrive in the areas that we're most excited about at that period of time. It's so true. It's like a different version of a love language. You know, it's like, oh, wow, I actually know what this person's into. And and that's how I can, you know, love them more or hold them up more. And it was really fascinating. So here's a little piece of like personalizing the work. The very next thing after figuring out my authentic code, which I got to start using yesterday, our own journal that we'll be releasing, like we talked about last episode, we'll be releasing the Manifestation Journal by TBM at the end of the year in November. And I got to start using ours. And it was really beautiful that the next questions I was writing down was like, cool, what do I need to detox and delegate? Whoa, it's crazy what my life sort of looks like. If this is my authentic code, I'm into homesteading and gardening. All Like these are part of the family memory piece and being really conscious and present with Teddy. And then it's design. And I'm like, oh, wow, when I look at this and this is all my shadow, this just looks like a rich housewife. Like when I looked at it, that's what I saw. And I was like, whoa, what does that mean to me? You know, because I picking up rich housewife is obviously a shadow I have from childhood. And it's so deep because that's not at all. I'm sure an outsider would perceive of me, you know, like being no. in this work. And be, you know what I mean? But that's that was all my shadow. And I went, whoa. So I had to look at this shadow piece and be like, where did I pick up rich housewife? You know, and I was like, oh, I went to an elementary school where most of the other kids were really wealthy and their parents were doctors and lawyers and very interesting stuff. And I was using my cousin's address to be able to go to that school where I was living in multiple apartments because my mom would move all of the time with a single mom who was broke. And so I remember her talking about like, oh, well, Joanna's mom's just like a rich housewife. Mm. <laughs> so I had to like break Joanna's down. Joanna's mom. <laughs> Joanna's mom, you know, it's like, alluding to she must just be like bored and on pills all day or I don't know like this is the kind of stuff that I was being programmed to what that meant so it's really interesting just as I talked about in the last episode and this plays into this personalizing your piece in the last episode I said I actually don't even know where my feet stand right now like I have to go in and redo all of this in order to get a baseline to read my own energetics again meaning I need to do my authentic code I need to revisit how to manifest so I can build my list of what I actually want to call in and then I can start to look at what my shadows and inner child wounds are at that point whatever I'm facing on the daily and what's showing up especially in multiples those are my patterns that are presenting that I need to read the energetics and work with. And so the moment I did that and I got to like write it all into our journal, I started to recognize, whoa, all these patterns that are showing up right now. And all of them are hitting on that pain point. Like 
can you own this new place that you're in that your identity isn't wrapped up in success or manifestation or being seen or whatever that this company has so lovingly given me. In fact, that's not what lights me up at this point, at this juncture. And so there's so much there to unpack and address. But I say all of this because I really stand by if you do those pieces, if you learn this foundation, and then you learn the extracurricular, which is literally the terminology around reading energetics, you can literally be your own coach. You can navigate this work till the end of time. It will work for you. Even somebody as me who I would consider myself one of the best at being able to read energetics within this method because so much of it has channeled through me that I even have to do all of that to read my own energetics at this point. I think this goes perfectly into Salwa or TBM coach's tip on embodying the authentic code. So let's take a listen to Salwa's tip. Hi, everyone. It's Salwa, TBM coach, and I'm here to talk about how to make this work your own. I absolutely love creating themes with this work and using my authentic codes as the ultimate guide. Our authentic codes are our pillars and they lead us back to our whole and worthy selves. And at the same time, there can be so much shame, shadow, and limiting beliefs that are entangled with these values. So identifying and allowing our codes to mutate is a huge part of this work. And while we embody what these codes mean and feel to us, I use them as a focal point in workshops, individual DIs, expanders, and taking aligned action. The codes we have created are what our inner child needed and most likely did not receive, or these codes were defined by someone else. So it is still your code, but attached to someone else's story. To support showing up as my authentic self, I use my codes, sometimes one at a time, and reinforce what it means to me through the inner child reinforcement DI. So for example, if your authentic code is freedom, hello, that's pretty much everyone's code. And with that code, I give my younger self an environment that provides freedom, whether that be financial freedom, the space to try new things, travel, magnetic parents who are curious, adventurous, and anything else that I'm craving in real time with this code, I reinforce it to my inner child. As for shadows and limiting beliefs, I use my codes to show me what about this code do I think I cannot be or I cannot have. For example, if I'm terrified to use my voice and to be seen, I am capping the potential of my code of freedom and most likely continuing the same conditioning my inner child received. If I think I do not have what it takes to truly be free, there is shadow here and I can use the shadow formula to unblock this. With all of this compounding clarity, I write down aligned action steps that I can take to fully embody my codes and create space for the things I am calling in. I can ask myself what tests and triggers I'm receiving that hit a wound that is associated with my authentic code. When you identify the blocks that shrink your authentic codes, you can write down the expanders you need, what you need to reprogram, and what you need to reinforce. Therefore, whether you are doing a workshop, a reinforcing DI, or navigating a trigger, you still have a theme and a focus that will help reduce all of the panic that can happen when we feel like there are too many things coming our way or are unsure of what direction to go.
Your authentic codes are yours. You get to define what they mean to you and the life that you want to create and how you want to show up. So as you are doing this work, use them as a way to focus, recenter, create intimacy with your shadows and move through your limiting beliefs. If you'd like support, I would love to connect with you through a coaching session, or you can follow me on Instagram at S-A-L-W-A dot Y-A-Z-M-I-N. Yeah, so I think Salwa essentially was really distilling everything that you were talking about and how you navigated your process, Lacey, which is like using that authentic code and then taking that through how to manifest, like taking this new level of where you're at with your new authentic code and this new space you're in and then taking that back through how to manifest inner child. Where in childhood did you pick up any limiting beliefs around this new version of you and where you're headed? And then where do you have shadow? Where are you afraid to be seen? And where are you afraid to embody these pieces of your code? Especially when you're when you've just manifested or maybe you feel you're coming out of a rut or a rock bottom. Anytime you're like, I feel like I need clarity and a clean slate, go back to that authentic code and start to weave it through every workshop, essentially. I love that. And even something that I found in my own personal experience to what she just said to be so powerful, even how it's applicable to say how to manifest, was when I was writing my list, I started to notice areas where I wanted to sell myself short of what I was calling in. And when I actually filter them through my authentic code, it's like, no, you know, it really shows like limiting beliefs, even in that aspect. So an example of that, you know, wanting to call in, say this next house experience. But what I was willing to write down was really kind of a little bit like, oh, but I'll take this. And I was like, whoa, what's coming up here? Because that doesn't match the design piece that's part of my authentic code to filter through. That doesn't match the frequency that I'm wanting to live in. So it's really, I really agree with Sawa that Authentic code, what that really is and why you should stay up to date with it, which is what launched us into this conversation, is it's your anchor. It's your anchor into really understanding who you are and where you are right now and then something to have a standard in which you filter through. I totally agree and I think that's so powerful. Even if you take one action step from this episode and you're like, oh, wow, okay, so the first step I'm going to take into personalizing this process as I truly am understanding the foundation, understanding the extracurricular terminologies and action steps that teach me how to read energetics. If there's one thing I want to put into action at this very moment, it's revisiting my authentic code. And then every single way I interact with this process, I can use it to anchor, to look at my self-worth, to look at my inner child and to look at my shadow. So after you have this anchor, right, after you have this sort of foundation of where you're jumping off from, having that authentic code gives you the clarity. I was just sharing with someone yesterday. They're like, I have all of these new job opportunities coming at me and I'm not really sure how to distill like which ones to take and which ones not to take. I'm like, okay, we'll refer back to your list, but also how do they all play into your authentic code? You know, this becomes your component to start to filter through things that you're going to allow into your space after you've, let's say, delegated and detoxed part of your life. When you're allowing in the new, 
start to look at, does this align and does this help me embody these these pieces of my code even more? And I think this kind of takes us into one of the other pieces of the triangle, which is the unblocking piece. And so after we really have our foundation, then come some of those limiting beliefs and the shadow and inner child and things. And there's so many ways to unblock. There's opportunities to unblock the daily practice you're unblocking. But let's actually go into Atara's tip in trying to find your blocks. Manifestation is not about positive thinking. Thoughts at face value are just thoughts. We do, however, want to look at the storyline underneath those thoughts. The personal beliefs we live by, the decisions we made to believe aspects of ourselves were true, and the internal representation we hold of ourselves. If we constantly have negative thoughts, there is probably a pretty disempowered narrative running through our subconscious. That's why thinking positive alone doesn't create change. That's why affirmations in your conscious state can boomerang back at you and make you feel shame. We can, however, use those thoughts as a working off point. When we work our way down, we can create change. So don't obsess about your thoughts, but start paying attention to your patterns of thinking to discover the subconscious beliefs those thoughts are rooted in. While this takes presence and awareness, when we commit to looking at ourselves through this lens, we slowly begin to self-regulate and make different choices. The next space we can then look is at our expanders. Yes, we are attracted to them because they have things we want, but it's bigger than that. Plenty of people have the job, the relationship, homes. So why them? It's so much bigger than just finding people your same age or background. You are attracted to them not only because of these similarities, but because of how they have what they have, how they show up in that space, and how they express their energy. They are mirroring back your untapped potential. If you want to go even deeper, take a look at your expanders through this lens and then ask yourself, how is it that I don't have this already? Because the answer is not in the why, it's in the how. This will bring up your blocks, your doubts, your limiting beliefs, but it will also give you an opportunity to take accountability on how you aren't showing up. This is a great way to personalize your unblocking process by then going and giving yourself that foundation in unblocked inner child and dealing with any residual shame around your manifestations, behaviors, or worth through our shadow workshop. While your thoughts alone aren't powerful enough to change you at your core, they are the most available and consistent roadmap to the real issues that are holding you back. I love Atara's tip here, and especially the piece on when you start looking at expanders who embody an aspect or all the aspects that you're looking to integrate. You can find your blocks very simply by seeing, how do I not have this already? And I think that's such an important reframe because so many times I look at the expander, I'm like, that's where I'm moving towards. Like, that's what I want to get at. Why don't I think I can have it? That's the block I always start with. Why don't I think I can have it? But reframing to how is it that I don't have that already 
it starts to add in a level of accountability. What have I been doing this whole time that perhaps I don't have that? And not in a super blamey or shamey way, but in a, huh, am I self-sabotaging? Am I playing small? Where am I afraid? And why am I afraid to be that expander now? I really love that. One thing I'll add to that too, you know, when you're using that tool is also asking yourself, why don't I have my version of that? Because I think that that can almost make it more tangible and already start to create that little bit of magnetic tension, you know, that you can start to find a little bit of of instant magnetism. When I look at my expanders, for instance, right now, or I'll even take when I would see my expanders, I had my own version of most everything that they had, may it be career or these other elements and aspects of their life. But I didn't have the family piece and and the sense of a child. And I desired that. I would then go, you know, my version of that. And when you look at your version of that, it becomes way more unique to you. And you can start to tap into the energy of what it'll feel like, not in the sense of like, I'm visualizing what it feels like. No, in the heart-centered, soul-centered, what does my version of that feel like that is happiness? And I think that that also gives a cerebral level of personalization that you can actually feel. So if I break that down further, when I would look at like when I have my child or children, and then it helped me tap into like what it felt like when I was a kid and like the warm and cozy parts and the happy parts, that probably looks very different and feels very different than my expander's version. It brings a, a sense of realness to it and a sense of tangibility. And then from there, it's less abstract to dive into seeing, oh, cool, well, where am I blocking that still? Where do I have a limiting belief that that's possible for me still? And if I were to even take my very personal experience, just to give somebody a little bit of an outline of this, I know my subconscious and my conscious mind does not and did not want to replicate my childhood with my children. So that was a block in itself. So that's how you can just see that little bit of personalization and tangibility can help you start to go, oh, cool. I can see where my subconscious might be pushing this experience away that I might have to work through. So that's just a tiny little tip that you could classify under extracurricular (laughs) learning how to read energetics. But I really love what Atara had to say, because I think going from looking at fears or looking at expansion and why don't I have it or why am I afraid of it um, or anything in that capacity, there is an opportunity there to find your personalized block and have a a straight shot to the one, the thing or the, the thing that connects to a lot of different blocks to kind of work with it and heal it and wipe it out you know, at once. So it's not the big obstacle that's standing in front of you anymore. So I'm quickly interrupting this episode to invite you if you're ready to start your manifestation journey, or if anything you've heard in our manifestation episodes has piqued your interest to begin. We have a la carte workshops in everything from the basics bundle, which is what we recommend to everyone who starts. It's the formula that actually teaches you how to manifest, unblocked inner child, and unblocked shadow. 
We also have a la carte workshops on love and money. But the real gem is the Pathway membership because it encompasses every single workshop we have. It's a year-long membership with full access to the few a la carte offerings we have and exclusive workshops not available anywhere else, such as the daily practice, which is what everybody in the Pathway uses, hopefully at least three times a week to daily in order to truly create the new neural pathways that one needs in order to manifest and houses the library of our deep imaginings, which is our unique hypnosis process that allows you to get into your subconscious and overwrite those old neural pathways, creating the new ones. You can use our special code EXPANDED, all caps, E-X-P-A-N-D-E-D, to receive $20 off your first a la carte workshop purchase or $20 off your first month of the pathway. Again, that's all caps, EXPANDED, E-X-P-A-N-D-E-D. Okay, now back to the episode. And just to give kind of like a real time example of this, I'm like in my head thinking so many times on my authentic code, I had boss babe at one point and success. And recently I sort of shifted my authentic code a bit where that persona of a person wasn't on there, but it was like all the feelings of what I would be doing on a daily basis, how I would be showing up in the world, all of those things. And so when I think of my expanders on this, they are people who a home is an authentic code for me. So having like a cozy grounding space that, you know, family or loved ones can be and hang out and you have like little tiny spaces and nooks around your home that feel very grounding. So they all have a home that they've styled in some way. They're all autonomous in their schedule. So if they work out in the middle of the day, they can do that. And they're all either working very closely with founders or they're really sort of in the trenches in a company and have a lot of cool like decisions on there. That's that boss babe to me sort of is the making big decisions, getting to have cool meetings, like innovation, that sort of thing. And so I think of that expander, I'm like, oh, why am I not there yet? And then immediately I'm like, oh, well, that's because I I don't see myself as that person yet because I'm still like in an apartment and not a house or because I don't have this thing, this physical item or that thing. And it's like, okay, well, why don't I have those things? Oh, well, You know, it just takes time to get there, Mm, limiting belief one. Two, why have I turned those things down if those have been options, like getting a nicer, fancier thing or whatever? Because part of me thinks, oh, well, I don't want to be bougie. I don't want to think like a materialistic person. Okay, shadow and block two. And breaking it down even further, why do I feel that I need these outside tangible monetary things in order to embody the essence of the expander right now. So why am I attaching validation on these outside things? So there's so many things to look at just by breaking down where my expander is and why and how I'm not where they're at yet. You know, so it's like very simply just by running through that list, I'm already like, okay, well, I got to work on this, 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 this. Here's the elements that I can start to break away. I love that you point that out. And Do you want to share your updated authentic code really quickly? Yes, yes. So I have freedom, which to me means financial freedom to spend and do as I want, um, but also freedom within 
the workday and my schedule and traveling and all of that. And I took it off my code a while ago because I was like, I have that with my job. You know what I mean? I can make my own schedule. I can do things as I want. If I need to travel, I can travel. But I added it back in so I make sure to honor it. Even though I had the freedom to do it, I was still blocking myself sometimes. That's that old programming of a good student does this, so I'm going to show up in this way. So I added it back in to remind myself, hey, you already manifested this. Enjoy it. Yeah. (laughs) Make your own schedule. Innovation, just like the idea of improving things, getting something to the next level, whether it's the podcast or DIs or workshops. I'm like, how do we make it better, make it better? Like, that's really important. And even just society, like learning about cryptocurrency or how new markets can operate or innovations in health or whatever it is, all of the new kind of things really light me up. I think it's my Aquarius North Node as well. And then home, which is that grounding piece that's like styled and decorated in a way that feels comforting. And also home within me, like being alone and connecting to my spiritual side. And then the last one's artist. So writing, journaling, storytelling, painting, making Pinterest boards, just some sort of self-expression. I love that. So I love when you share the things that you've been calling in or that have been, you've been cross-checking with your authentic code that you can spot the areas of low self-worth. And that's really like all it's coming down to what you were doing when you were looking between your thought process or, you know, things that were coming through versus your authentic code. And I feel like somebody could just take one day a week to do that. This could be a tip that you use if you're wanting to personalize your process. So, you know, we always suggest at least doing some form of unblocking and journaling three times a week, minimum, like at least. And so if you want to take one of those days, let's say, or every other week, that you just write down everything that's been coming up for you in your life. So even in the new journal that is coming out, that we have like a free write section that's all about focus areas, triggers, DIs, or workshops. And you just take a moment and you're like, I do this all the time in my process where I will write down basically any triggers that have been coming up all week long that I can remember that we're obviously activating enough to remember or something recurring. And based on that, when you just cross check it with your authentic code, I'll take one example of mine that had been coming up. I've been burning my adrenals out these last few weeks. And, you know, I'm like, oh, is it because I started to do like light workouts again? You know, what's the deal here? And I would say majority of what's burning out my adrenals because I wasn't clear was not knowing how to fill my day correctly with the things that are most important to me, i.e. my authentic code. A lot of it was being spent with busy work. And when I went, oh, if I cut this out, this out, this out, this out, this out, because none of them are relevant to my authentic code, even more so it's all low self-worth behavior that I'm not ready to fully own and show up in my authentic code, I would have a lot more down, like my computer processing of my body and my adrenaline wouldn't be working nearly as hard. Therefore, I wouldn't be burnt out, right? The body always tells us when we're not on track 
Another tool, a little takeaway, once a week, just write all of the stuff that's been coming up for you or showing up for you. It's another great way to become your own energy reader, starting with just what's been bothering you or activating you, cross-check it with your authentic code, and you'll start to find, like you were saying, a lot of little holes that you can look at low self-worth inner child shadow business because that's what they usually come back down to or not being expanded enough. Totally. And I also want to point out, I got a lot of questions this week in particular about people asking, like, I can't find the expander who is this, 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 and this. I'm not getting all of it. That's why we have the fragment expanders. That's why we have the bridge expanders. They are not less of an expander because they are a fragment. They are just as good of an expander. So use the parts of other people that are helping to expand you, especially if you're doing something new. You know, if you're launching a company that you've never heard of before, those fragment expanders are probably the only kind of expanders you're going to find on that forefront. And that's good enough in that department. Just a little tool tip there. I've had points where fragment expanders have been far more expansive than the whole picture, you know, and this is other shadow work that comes up. Sometimes when you do meet the whole picture and you start to see the holes in the personality that you're judging, which is 100% your shadow, it starts to make it feel like less of an expander to you. So sometimes that's where you have to address the shadow, but sometimes the fragment expansion, whatever piece it can be, the little missing piece has sometimes brought the manifestation much quicker than the full picture. So just know that. Okay. And one other tip I wanted to share, Heather had recommended this sort of thing to one of her coaches. And then even Atara created this when we did the shadow reinforcing DI, where you're able to speak to someone else that you're having an emotional reaction towards. And I think this is really helpful when you're pulling apart some of those blocks or those limiting beliefs is that The part of you that's attached to that limiting belief in some way, shape, or form, it was serving you at some point. It was helping you. It was protecting you. Even though it's not towards your highest good, it still was protecting you. So if you're going to face another part of you in a DI, for example, start to pull apart the part of you that is it's not always self-sabotage, but it's like another part of your emotional spectrum to face it and really hear it out. So let's say, I'll give a personal example. So with the schedule, right? I have freedom. It's in my authentic code to create my day as I please and make my own work schedule and whatever. But there was a part of me that was like, no, a good employee, a good student will work eight hours straight, nine hours straight, you have to be at the computer at these hours, like that's what you should do. Even though I know I have the freedom to create my schedule and work those eight hours as it fits into my day. But in my head, there was a part of me that said, no, you have to do this. So I pulled that part of me out in a DI and it wound up being a very angry part of me that was mad at myself for not sticking to the nine to five schedule. And so I pulled it out in the DI and I sat it across and I was like, what's wrong? Like, give me the whole lowdown. What's going on? And that anger part of me was like, you're safe when you follow the rules. If you follow the rules, you won't go to the principal's office. You won't get in trouble. You won't get fired. You won't get this. You won't get that. I'm trying to help you. I'm trying to protect you. And so I wound up talking down that part of me and saying, I really appreciate you looking out. Those used to be the rules, but now I'm safe to do this. It's okay to do this now. And I know this feels different, but we're safe. And so when you're having these sort of limiting beliefs come up, try to pull them as like a separate part of you, like a part of your inner child or a part of you from a different phase 
and tell them how you're safe to evolve to that next level. I found that to be so incredibly helpful when battling these things. I love that. This is a little bit of a tangent and not 100% the same point, but I saw a family member of mine posted, she was like, best mom, you know, I found Pokemon Oreos or whatever. And there was a part of me that was like, oh my God, she's feeding her kids. You know, and I'm not, (laughs) this is me. um, This is my shadow to address. But then I went, whoa, when I look at the shadow, what's the shadow there? It's all the programming I've taken in in wellness. And when I look at that moment, I'm like, wow, that actually like fits with my authentic code. That's a cozy moment. That's her showing up for her kids, doing something that they love and that they can all connect together during the fall and have this cozy moment together. What's my version of that? You know, so there's an expansion in it whenever we're having a trigger. You know, there's something to look at because there's a version of an expansion there. Nothing shows up in our life for no reason. Everything's a mirror. And then the second part of it was like, whoa, when I tap into my inner child and let my inner child look at this post, all my inner child's doing is remembering being with my cousins, like eating that food during the fall, so excited that Halloween's coming up, really tapping into this like beautiful, loving, awesome experience. And so I love that you use the word emotional spectrum. We definitely need to start using that more because it's so applicable to this work and being able to integrate these parts of you that have the reactions and the triggers and the whatever, because when you're an integrated person, you become a very unjudgmental person. Everything I just broke down in that sentence can show you how that 100% is the case. But B, when you can start to honor your own inner child like you did, show them your version now that's safe and okay to up-level or your up-leveled version of whatever the thing is and integrate the shadow, you also are doing a really beautiful thing, I think, to your own magnetic self is you're not losing your flair. And I think the flair is what makes us so unique and interesting and beautiful And that's why I wouldn't classify our work as like totally spiritual. Certainly, we talk a lot about manifesting material possessions as well. That's another reason why I wouldn't. And I think honoring the ego is very important too. Um, I think these are things that individuate us and make us individuals. But not only that, they make us magnetic because it's our energetic print in the world that we contribute and make us so unique and interesting. So I love what you just talked about and on a sort of separate little tangent on this healing process and becoming your most magnetic self. If you can start to take any of those things that come up for you, may it be you're finding in a DI or you're you're seeing a, an activation you're having while you're looking at something or interacting with someone, work through in real time the shadow and address the inner child aspect so that you can integrate deeper, right? A magnetic person is an integrated person. It's the authentic integrated self that they came onto the planet as um, and their shared experiences through this lifetime. And then you can also go from there, like what is my up-leveled version of this? And I just think that's cool. Like don't lose your flair, be gentle with your, and I love that, your emotional spectrum. 
Yeah, I love the the book, and you've mentioned it so many times, Letting Go by David R. Hawkins, and really just holding space for your different emotions that come up throughout this process. I think it's so important to acknowledge them, acknowledge they're there, acknowledge that the emotion is something that at some point thought it was trying to help you. And so it's not like we have to let it run the show anymore, but we can at least acknowledge it in the DIs, acknowledge what it was doing, have grace and compassion for it, and then we can start to have grace and compassion for ourselves after we allow that element of us to present and come forward. And then there's another really cool tip. We talked about it in the process episode with Isabella, but so many of you were writing in and sharing your promoted shadow words to me as well. So I thought we should definitely share it with the entire podcast is this idea of promoting some of your shadow words. So as you're starting to integrate them, one sort of bridge step to integrating it is starting to recognize it as the part of you that's trying to help and support you. So Isabella promoted her shadow word of lazy to her curator of rest. And that reframe of, oh, okay, when I'm feeling lazy, instead of shaming myself or feeling embarrassed that I'm lazy or trying to hide it, I'm going to see that this is the part of me that wants to curate my rest and knows that I'm actually needing rest in this moment. How can I give that to myself instead of having to get rid of being lazy or become hyper productive in the moment? How can I actually listen to my body and give it what it's looking for in that moment? You know what I like? There was this moment that I had with my postpartum doula who's so in her feminine and and I love her and interesting and very Torin, you know, so she would understand this. But I was like, oh man, a hard part for me after having a child is never being alone, especially when we have co-care, people supporting us around the house. I'm never totally alone. And I need that. Like my Aquarian needs that to process and to just my projector needs it to just sit and be and think. And so I was like, how do I set the tone for that? She's like, you're going to have to dig down in your worth and do that. (laughs) (laughs) And I think about that all the time, especially as I'm, you know, reintegrating this new authentic code and the shadows that come up with it. A lot of it consists of rest and designing and thinking and And when I say designing, it's like designing my life and stuff. So there will be moments where, like that question, I sit and go, well, what if, you know, someone's judging me because I'm doing this and I'm not what they thought that I was or whatever. And I think about her saying that you have to dig down in your worth and do it. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, I think a short answer to that is it comes from a sense of unworthiness and going in and doing the unblocking and finding the expander. That's been my process with it. And there was a moment, I think it was actually yesterday that I had to take a nap and I had a similar, you know, loop come up and I went, whoa, this is the most magnetic thing I could be doing right now. Instant magnetism. This is the most magnetic thing I could be doing right now. And I was like, wow, this is going to create some magnetism because I struggle with this. I think that's so cool. And that even, that reminds me of one of the sort of like promotion things that someone sent me is they promoted more action-oriented things that they wanted to incorporate like from their authentic code. So they promoted their chief adventure officer or their chief self-care officer. And that's kind of the same thing for you. It's like you need your chief alone time officer to show up and be like, nope, 
Lacey's worthy of this alone time. See you guys later. I'm out. <laughs> yeah, I I think let's all start, you know, appointing C-level people to our, our needs <laughs> or C-level version, personality versions of ourselves to our needs. So, so cool. So I think in terms of directing people to some big, heavy hitting tips, if you've already gone through the work, you understand it, you're like, okay, I'm ready to really personalize it, make it my own, learn the energetics, the almost 2.0 of the how to manifest work. Here are some places that you can find those nuanced energetics. One spot I would definitely direct you to if you want to learn more in that is we had a series on here for a little bit last year called Everyday Energetics. And we went through the blocks that people were going through and gave very clear protocols and RXs of how to navigate that. I would also say go through supported because when you're hearing coaches and Lacey and I answer those questions, that really shows, okay, here are the nuances in the energetics and how maybe someone calling in a partner in question one, the remedy is different based off of their blocks than in question three in the episode or whatever it may be. So I would start looking through those sections. What about you, Lacey? Where would you send people or which energetics do you think are important to look at next? Yeah, and something I said that I think is super important I really think the way to personalize your work, just to reaffirm what I've already been saying, is learn it like the back of your hand. And we'll start to get into a few that we think are really helpful. And then you can start to toss away what you don't feel is the exact process that works for you and start to find your own and reading your own energetics. And one tip that I always like to revert back to, we can link it below, is the very first process episode we had with Heather Whitaker, our coach. And one of the things that worked really well for her, it would never work for me ever, is in DIs, instead of always doing them, you know, like hypnosis-based, meaning lying down with your eyes covered, et cetera, she would walk on hikes and listen to them and then talk through the prompts, to her, like aloud to herself. And I went, that is such a killer way of personalizing this work because you're still activating your subconscious when you're walking you are in a hypnotic state most of the time because it's monotonous. And then you're working through it subconsciously in a way that resonates with you. That's a great example of personalizing this work. And if you listen to that episode, you can listen to how well versed Heather is in this work before she started taking liberties. And then this was before we even took her on as a coach. We had just met her after one of our speaking, on the speaking tour, one of our events, the first one in Los Angeles. So she wasn't even a coach at this point. And it's beautiful to hear one person who went, I'm going to learn this work like the back of my hand, and then I'm going to tap into how it works for me. And when I say learn it like the back of your hand, it's learning all of the extracurricular things as well, like the version 2.0, and then make it your own. Own, personalize, personalize. Maybe doing it in the morning is the most beneficial for you. Maybe hopping on with your accountability partner and talking through the stuff that's coming up is way more effective for you than journaling. Like make it your own, but in order to do so, you have to kind of master it a little bit. And it doesn't take that long. It's pretty simple. You just have to put in the work to truly learn it and work it and work it enough to be like, ah, I keep feeling like going on Instagram to find my expanders just doesn't work for me. It's actually when I go to a random spot that I get a ping to go to 
to, I often will see or find an expander. It's another example. So yes, looking at those everyday energetic episodes are fantastic. I personally think supported is a gold mine for finding any extracurricular energetic teachings, period. If you go through the body of work of supported and the way that we put them together now, it's like listening to a podcast episode. It's so easy. You throw in your earbuds and you go on a walk or however you even listen to this podcast, just do it. Knock out one a week, knock out two a week, whatever you have time for. And you're going to start to put this all together to where it becomes the back of your hand. The way you know it's the back of your hand is if you're sitting there reciting to a friend everything they need to do to manifest. You'll be like, oh, Jesus, I really know this work. Now I can take all of the creative licensing I want and totally make it my own. And at that point, you're usually skilled enough to start becoming your own pattern and energetic reader. So at that point, you know, revisiting your authentic code, calling in your list and looking at whatever shadows and inner child blocks are coming up around that list or where you lack expanders. Once you have that all down and then just start to look at what's coming up in your life because what's coming up in your life are the patterns. It's the universe dancing with you and showing you where you're still not expanded enough or you're not unblocked enough or you're manifesting what you want. So it's the total dance, the temperature to know where you stand in your manifestation practice at all times. So I definitely think supported, that's huge, and the process episodes. I think if you can really visit those, you're going to learn a lot of the 2.0 material. (laughs) Totally. And I think too, like as you have little manifestations come through, tracking them is so important to understanding that patterning and really seeing it. I had a friend who one of her blocks was that she would get really upset when people wouldn't text her back in like the timeline. And so any delayed text or text that was taking a long time, she saw it as rejection. And she was like, oh, I'm going to have to have a conversation with this person because they just take so long to text me back or whatever. And at one period, she started doing something while she was waiting for this person to text her back. That was aligned with our authentic code. It was something she was really lit up about. And then boom, all of a sudden the text came through. Then the same dynamic happened again. The same person wouldn't text her back. She was really irritated. It was something that she had to connect with on work. And She wound up journaling and meditating and then also looking at that same thing that lit her up before and boom, the text came through. And so that's why when you're personalizing it, for this person, yes, the journaling and meditating may have helped, but the key piece here and when you write both of those scenarios down, she started putting her energy towards something that excited her and lit her up, that distracted her enough for that text to come through. Now, I think in that scenario, there's two things at play. One is that this person, the thing that they're excited by, they need to be exploring a lot more because they're clearly getting rewarded when they take action towards that thing they're excited by. But B, they're starting to see that this person not texting them back has to do with their own energetic reaction to it and that they can actually self-soothe in those situations or set a boundary and cut them out of their life. But when you write them down, you can start to synthesize those themes through it. And they're different for everyone. I love that. And yes, that's like such a a clean example of personalizing the work. I love that. It's so tangible. And maybe we'll just list off right now a couple of 
you know, these energetic, reading energetic terms, you know, fragment expanders, we coined bridge expanders last week, bridge whatever, whether it's a bridge job or bridge home. What are some other, I mean, there's so many of these things, instant magnetism, you learned about that last episode, patterning. What are some that come to you, Jessica? Oh, dog paddling, detachment, ego dance, Mm -hmm. deservingness, understanding the energetics of deservingness, understanding the energetics of flow. So as we're listing these off, if you're going, oh, I don't know what their meaning of this, their definition of that energetic is, what that energetic embodies, it's time to go learn it, to learn that version 2.0. That's when you'll know you're at the point where it's going to be amazing to personalize this for yourself because you'll understand all of the moving pieces and you'll be able to really, really hone down and make it your own. And when you do start to do those things like Heather did or I was doing yesterday where I was like, a nap is the most magnetic thing I can do right now because the opposite is usually the medicine. That's another one. When you start to then play in those areas, those gray areas, your own personal process of being an energy reader, an energetic and pattern reader, you're going to learn what actually creates your magnetism the most or what action steps when you do them, like Jessica was just saying in that example, are going to start to have the deepest results for you. And that's how you personalize this work. Okay, so action steps for everyone at home. If you are not well-versed on the process, how to manifest, test triggers, expansion, unblocking, magic dark, rock bottoms, if those feel confusing still, go back through the work, get very clear on your intention, clear on your authentic code, and relearn the basics. There's a reason we call how to manifest inner child and shadow back to basics because they are the core of everything else. If you have been with us for a while and you really understand this, you're like, I get this. I'm just trying to get, you know, the next level or my nuance or my energetic difference uh, clear so I can connect with my manifestation, then your homework is looking back at these energetics and seeing where it's playing in. Go back to the list of words we just said. See what part of that is applicable. Look back at your patterning and start to almost do this 2.0 version of the work, start to personalize it and look at the process. Where is the journaling working or not working for you? How are the DIs working or not working for you? And start to make small tweaks of personalizing. And then if you still get stuck there, do the $25 Q&A question, submit a free question to potentially be answered in a supported episode or book a session with a coach and they will help you navigate. Or come check out. I think we're, we're trying to have some great events that are coming up for the journal launch. So if you can make it to any of those, that's really fun as well. Yes. Well, enjoy everyone and we will see you next week. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning into the episode and I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did, we did. And in case you're not totally ready to join the pathway yet, I wanted to share a few of our free offerings that I'll often suggest to people as a little bit of a blueprint to get them started on their manifestation journey. The first place I like to direct people completely for free is the motivation. You can see it linked below or on our homepage as our testimony library. And it's categorized by different subjects, whether you're calling in career, money, love, wellness, and much more. 
When you're reading about a member's experience of what they manifested, you're actually seeing to believe and showing your subconscious that that very thing is possible for you. The second place I like to direct people is to the free clarity exercise, which is also linked below. In it, you get to try our own unique hypnosis process, learn about the science and some journaling prompts. And the best part about this, you'll get a tiny taste of what it's like to go into your hypnotic state, bring your subconscious forward and create new neural pathways while receiving clarity. And the third thing, if you haven't listened to it on this podcast yet, please go back to the episode titled Manifestation 101, where you'll learn the basics of neural manifestation to truly understand this process. So go ahead and check out those free resources, the motivation, the free clarity exercise, and the episode Manifestation 101, all linked below. And in an effort to make sure to have representation in this process series, go ahead and submit any process testimonials you have, especially to our LGBTQ community, our BIPOC, as well as the WISE, which is anyone in the community who is 45 and over. All right, we'll be back next week.